Well, I mean, I can give a little bit of a talk about EMFs and and the benefits of some useful EMFs and some harmful effects of the high frequencies. Maybe I'll talk a little bit and we'll just um, keep it short. Now, EMFs can be beneficial, they can be harmful. The harmful EMFs are the EMFs that are the high frequencies ones. They're the ones by high frequency, we're really talking about in the order of perhaps one kilohertz or greater. And of course, the higher uh, energy is also, if it's a higher voltage, a higher energy going into the transmitter. It can be a coil, it can be any other device, it can be a, it can be a cake mixer in your kitchen. They pour out a ton of EMFs. You know that because if you've got your radio nearby, you'll be able to hear the interference on the radio. So let's discuss the two different types. The harmful one, which I've just mentioned now, they've got a high energy level. The EMFs that have got a very high energy level can cause harm to your body. It can disrupt the communications between the cells of your body, but more dangerously, it can cause damage, permanent damage to your body through damage to your DNA. Now, you imagine if you put something into your microwave oven. Now, that's an extreme example of a powerful EMF, but it's a good example to use. If you did have a human, if you have a part of yourself in the microwave, you can imagine what the end result would be. Even apart from the heat that it gives off, your whole DNA structure will be totally destroyed. Um, you'll, it'll cause tremendous harm to your body. Now, a lot of the EMFs that are in the air now, including Wi Fi, are damaging to a lesser degree, but they still have the energy levels that can cause harm. In particular, if you're exposed to that type of EMF for a prolonged period of time. So for most EMFs that you and I would experience through a day, the two things we can do, we can reduce the time that we're exposed to this harmful EMF. Of course, the longer you're within the field, the more chance there is of, the, of damage being done to your body. The other thing is to try and reduce or eliminate it. Now, the steps that we can do to reduce it, I've covered some already. You can use silver clothing. You can use the silver lined hats, vests. Um, some people even go as far as to use silver bodysuits like overalls, if you like, coveralls, if there's another word for it. And they have a shielding effect. They don't take you away from the field, but inside the clothing, the field is uniform. That means the, the field is the same throughout the interior of the clothing. And so your body is not subjected to a field difference, which is what is causing the harm to your body. So you can use shielding clothing. There's things you can do to increase the shielding of your home. We spend a, a large part of our lives at our home, or I'd like to think that you all do. Well, we can do things in your home to reduce the uh, harmful EMS, which are from your neighbors and also from inside your own home. If you've got a metal roof, you can drive a peg into the ground and run a wire, an uh, earthing wire, if you like and you bond it using an earthing lug onto a corner of the house. That makes the whole roof a shield. And so signals that hit your roof get absorbed and get bypassed down to the earth peg that you've driven into the ground. Now these earth pegs are generally about six feet under the ground. They're driven down deep. They're normally either galvanized iron or even better stainless. Stainless is better because there is a current that passes through the wire. That's the signal that you want to reduce. And if you have it galvanized, it's covered in zinc. And zinc will have electrolysis, which means over a period of time, it'll get a white powder on the outside. It'll become a partial insulator and the electricity will not flow so freely. Stainless is a little bit more expensive, but what price do you want to put on your health, right? Okay, so we can do that. That's probably the best thing you can do. If you're lucky enough to have a home which has got metal cladding, 
some modern houses have got metal cladding and they have a polystyrene immediately after that for heat insulation. That's perfect for creating what's known as a Faraday cage. Faraday is a name from Mr. Faraday who found a really fantastic way of eliminating electromagnetic fields. He found that if you could have two insulating, sorry, if you have two shielding surfaces, each one separated from the other electrically, and especially if you earth the outer one, then you have perfect isolation and separation from the EMF that's outside. It can block the EMF much better than a single layer. The trick is double layer. Now it's a little bit more complex than how I've described right now, but it's not much more complicated than that. And to have an earthing of the outside shell of the house as well as the metal roof, you've got a perfect Faraday cage, almost perfect Faraday cage, and the shielding will be much greater. So there are two things you can do. Let's think. Um, some homes have, sorry, um, if you've got a home that's wooden and it's got something like a tile roof, you're not completely completely stymied because you can buy wallpaper that's got tinfoil backing. It's not that hard actually. And then all you need to do is earth that uh, the backing of that wallpaper just on one corner of the room. And then you have a shield. So that room will become like a Faraday cage. Not, not perfect, but it'll be better than nothing. Pretty much anything you can do to block a, uh, to help attenuate, which means reduce the strength of the signal will be beneficial. So those are, those are some things you can do for your home. Okay, other things. Sources of noise that's inside your home. Well, you've got your Wi-Fi signal, the dirty Wi-Fi that everyone loves because of the convenience, right? You can use your phone on the Wi-Fi and your computers. You can wander from one, one room to another. And I'd love to be able to have wired internet in my place, but it's an apartment and it's one of many, many, many other apartments. So. We didn't have any say in it. We've got Wi-Fi or nothing. And not just that, but we've got a ton of Wi-Fi signals here from all our neighbours. They're busy poisoning us with this deadly EMF. Um, well, what we've done, we've installed a timer so that our Wi-Fi signal turns off while we're sleeping, which means, what, eight hours of um, reduced Wi-Fi. We still have the Wi-Fi signal from the neighbours. Now, the... Apartments are fully concrete and they've got steel reinforcing, so the signal is weak. Um, I'm not sure how we can reduce it much further. Um, yeah, it's hard to do if you're just in an apartment rather than your own home. But um, the signal from the, um, the other apartments isn't that fantastically strong, so we're hoping that it's going to be okay. Now, there's another thing you can do as well. Now, because um, during the summertime, China gets quite warm. With warmth and moisture, you get mosquitoes. And so we need mosquito nets. And mosquito nets are actually a cool way of having shielding because you'd, all you need to do is get uh, the fabric that's a, a, um, a silver impregnated fabric, or you can even use the cheaper copper zinc ones and make your own um, your own. Mosquito net. It's, I'm telling you something I haven't done yet, but it's on the to-do list. <laughs> Is to make a uh, a screened mosquito net. Now, not many places like to have mosquito nets in their homes, but um, there's another thing to think about as well because they're not too ugly. You can make you can make it square, or you can just have it from a central point hanging from the ceiling, and just go to the corners of the bed. So there's other ways you can do it, and it's always best to earth the mosquito net. So there's another thing you can do. We've covered the silver clothing. Um, some people swear by these accessories that you plug into the mains power and uh, they're supposed to either reduce the EMF that's going through your home or it makes it uh, coherent, which means non-harmful. I think... Both of the, those arguments are hard to, um, if you have an engineering background like myself, it's hard to believe that they work. 
the signal is by its very nature coherent. Coherent means it's got unique source. It's one signal. Now, a Wi-Fi source is one Wi-Fi unit, and so the signal is going to be by its by virtue, it's going to be coherent. And so you can do anything you like, but it's still going to be coherent. So I think something that does that is not going to be very beneficial. In regards to your blocking signals by plugging something in, why uh, EMFs propagate like ripples on a pond. You drop a stone into a pond, it goes in all directions. Now you can have something on that pond to absorb those ripples, but it's not going to do anything to the ripples that aren't going towards that thing you've put into the pond to absorb it. And so it may very well be that the device you plug into the wall will absorb Wi-Fi signals that are going towards it. But how on earth can it absorb the Wi-Fi signals going away from it in the other direction? So there's that. Another danger is EMF that's actually um, buzzing through the mains signal. Now, secretly, power companies have been installing throughout the world smart meters. They call them smart meters because it's got a positive connotation. You think smart, it's got to be better. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stop you thinking about that right, right now because they're anything but smart. The only thing they're smart for is for the power company. They can drive past your home and take a reading without stepping out of their car. Now, while then, when they're not driving past, that allegedly smart meter is firing off super strong signals intermittently, not all the time. These signals are incredibly strong and they're passing through your body. So for the convenience sake to allow this meter reader to not have to get out of their car, you know, it's good for them. It's not so good for the consumer because those EMFs are at the energy level that will um, be a little bit more careful that have a great chance of inducing cancer in particular with a in a person, in a person's body who um, has already got dormant cancer cells. We all have cancer in our body. Our immune system holds it at bay. Some people have got a greater burden than others. If you've got a high burden and you're subject, subjected to strong levels of EMF and in particular bursts of strong signals of EMFs, then you're at greater danger. So, I'd like to say to you all, but you didn't hear it from me, rip out those meters. But of course, those meters don't belong to us. We hire them, they're on a contract basis, and they will tell you that if you haven't got a meter, they will not supply you with power. There's been a lot of talk online on the legalities. How can a power company upgrade <laughs> a perfectly good, fully functional power meter which doesn't uh, bathe us in poisonous frequencies with these alleged smart meters. They're a bit like these smart cars, aren't they? Yeah, these smart cars that they, they're, they're not very smart at all, but they're, um, I guess they're smart for not using much petrol. <laughs> oh, and for parking, they're easy to park as well. But boy, you don't feel smart when you drive them, do you? I've driven one once and I felt like I felt like a right um right something. <laughs> I didn't feel smart. Um, but I suppose that's good for the economy and, it's, and and so that's good, I guess. But these smart meters are not good for our health. Now, I always say to people I know to take power over their own lives. There are steps you can do to shield the smart meter. In fact, <laughs> a good friend of mine from Canada, Frank um, Hank Giganday, <laughs> he developed a fantastic cage system which doesn't interrupt the functionality of these so-called smart meters, but it blocks the signal going into your home. And so they can still function and the power company is still kind of happy, but it doesn't spread the poison. 
So I recommend that you do a search. I haven't, uh, if I knew I was going to be doing the Sarah talk, I would have had something ready for you all. But there are things on, uh, steps online that you can do to shield around the smart meter. The thing to do is to shield it just around the back of the meter. This is where it enters, you know, where it faces your home. Of course, the person who's going to be doing the reading isn't going to be doing it from inside your home. So why should the signal be going there? And so it blocks it completely. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic solution. It's quite a while ago since I saw it, but I'm sure that there's plenty of sites that explain how to do it now. So that's a, a good thing you can do. And, and um, there's a very, very good chance that you have a smart meter in your home and you don't actually realize it. Uh, I'm not sure whether they're easy to recognize. Generally, you see there's a digital display, but even a normal meter would have that. But there's flashing lights and there's a, um, when the light's flashing, it means that this, this when it's kicking, kicking the EMS into your body and, and causing real harm. So, yeah, knock that on the head. I don't think we have any smart meters here. If we do, I think it's in the, in the main complex, so it's not very close to us. Okay, Wi-Fi smart meters. Um, power, okay, this is, this is another thing. Inside your walls, you have cables that are supplying electricity to your power outlets. Normally, this is not a major problem because the voltages aren't extremely high. They're 110 volts in America and 230 volts or 220 volts in most other European countries. So the voltages aren't very high, so therefore they wouldn't put out much radiative energy especially at the frequencies of either 50 or 60 hertz. That's 50 or 60 cycles per second. However, sometimes signals piggyback into the power. This can be from, from the power company again. Sometimes um, they, use, um, they use devices that put signals into the power cable and they perform switching. They turn on and off your hot water cylinder, for example. So during peak periods of time, they decide you're going to have to have cold showers. Well, it's not true because the hot water cylinder has got a certain heat capacity. You can hold enough hot water to fully bathe your whole family. Well, that's the theory anyway, unless you've got teenage children. <laughs> but that's, that's um, you, you will know that anyway. So this um, ripple, it's called, is introduced into your mains power. And it's not a major problem, although it is a bit of a problem, because it's nevertheless still a radio frequency that's being injected. And so there's going to be a noise that's going to be um, harmful. Nowhere near as much, I guess, as Wi-Fi, but it's still going to be harmful to your body. Um, and the bad news with that is there's not really much you can do about it unless you filter it right at your main board. If you put a filter there, it's going to be expensive because you've got within your home high power devices and your filter has to be able to handle that sort of current. You've got your oven, which is generally about 30 or 40 amps. That's a huge amount of current. For a filter to carry that sort of current installed all the time, <laughs> and still perform a filtering function it's going to be huge and it's going to have, um, it's going to be expensive so it's going to be difficult to achieve but perhaps you can place filters for the circuits which you know pass into your bedroom um, lighting circuits isn't aren't normally a problem unless the lighting switches close to your bed and in particular close to the head of your bed um, but with, certainly with the power circuits, you, you, um, it'll be good to place filters there. People sell filters that you plug into the wall socket outlets and they're supposed to smooth out the power. I don't know whether they have much use. Maybe you can purchase one and try it for yourself. I've done testing on several and been disappointed with the ones I've tried. Gosh, Ali, I hope I haven't been talking too quickly. <laughs> I've been rambling a bit. Um, okay, so your bedroom. You spend, I like to think everyone spends at least eight hours sleeping in bed. 
have a have a thing when you're lying in bed. Light switches, power socket outlets, even if you've got nothing plugged into the socket outlet. What is near the head of your bed and on that wall? Because um, even if you've got nothing plugged in, you've got the power going to the to the socket. And not just that, but you've got the cabling that's supplying that socket that's going close to your brain, going to the power socket on the other side. If, if you could see through your walls, if your walls were made from glass, you might be horrified to see what's behind them. Things like surge lines or water lines, that's okay. They're not going to harm you. you know, they might not be exactly um, fantastic to have. Just the thought of having surge going whooshing past your head isn't um, very conducive for a good night's sleep, is it? But, but it's not going to cause you harm. But to have power, you can't hear it, you can't see it, you can't smell it. But it's there and it's going to cause you harm over a period of time so um, if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you've you're building a home you can get cables which shield naturally the earth cables they have an outside conductor which is earth so the harmful emf can, cannot radiate through the wire through the wall then to your to your nut here and so if you're building a house, use shielded cable in particular around your, the bedroom areas and especially where you have your bed. Um, so shielded cables are a fantastic idea if you are in an existing home. See if you can play, position your bed on a wall that hasn't got power outlets. Now this is a nuisance factor for many people because who doesn't do this right? You, you sit down in bed, you've had a bad day at work, or you've had a good day at work maybe, but you're tired and you sit down, you want to read a magazine, a book or newspaper or something, just relax in bed. And um, you need to have a power outlet for your bedside lamp. And so almost always in a home, you'll have socket outlets where the bed is. Well, that's great for reading, but not so good for your health. Um, so look into moving your bed to a wall that hasn't got any socket outlets because it'll have a greater chance of not having wires in the wall. There are devices you can buy, magical devices that you can hold up against the wall and these devices go beep, beep, beep whenever it detects an EMF signal. They're not very expensive and it's an investment in your health. So I do recommend you buy one of those and just run it across the wall. You might actually be surprised at um, how noisy some of the walls are. When I say noisy, the amount of EMF that's being produced by the wall. Um, yeah, maybe maybe 20 US dollars would get a good quality one. So we're not talking really expensive. Just one that gives beeping noise and a flashing light. You don't want to know the level of EMF. That's not so important. It's just, well, it is kind of important, but it's going to cost more money. So um, this one that goes beep, that's all that um, I'd recommend to most people. Now, other sources of EMF in your bedroom, electric blankets. Hands up everyone that's got electric blankets. No, I haven't got an electric blanket. Well, I saw quite a few hands up there now. Now, electric blankets are notorious for um, producing, you know, for introducing EMF. It just throws off bucket loads of EMF into your body. When you think about it, electric blankets are basically giant coils. Coils produce EMF. Coils are magnetic when current flows, and that's what electric blankets have. They've got current flowing through their heating coils. So you've got a ton of EMF from electric blankets. Now, if you have an electric blanket, and you're living in a cold climate. I'm not going to tell you to um, to <laughs> to just um, go cold turkey and not have an electric blanket, but turn it off and unplug it from the wall at night time. Invest in some 24-hour timers. They're not expensive. Um, they should be something like 15 US dollars or less, and they're easy to use. Just plug them in, plug in your electric blankets and other devices that you use near your bed into this timer. You go from a timer to a multi-box and you just plug all your bits and pieces into your multi-box. 
their multi-power um, outlet. There's lots of different names you can call them. But it's the same thing. And after your nominated time, all goes quiet. <laughs> you can be reading your book and then suddenly it all goes dark. But it's looking after your health, right? And, you know, it's bedtime anyway. So you set the timer to go off at maybe 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. What time you normally think you're normally um, heading off to the land of Nod. And you'll be able to sleep better because your body's not got so much EMF passing through it. So certainly electric blankets. And also the old-fashioned approach of hot water bottles. <laughs> hot, water, hot water bottles has been proven. They have been proven to not produce one iota of EMF. <laughs> and they're warm. So... Um, they're another option as well if you want to do away with your electric blanket. Actually, with electric blankets, it's always good to turn them off, even apart from the EMF aspect, because you've got the electricity immediately under you. Any moisture, any moisture, it can be the cup of coffee that you just once in your lifetime, you just have to spill it. And that's the once in your lifetime you're going to be electrocuted. It's only got to happen once. It might happen on Mother's Day when you're in bed and someone brings you your breakfast in bed and there's an orange juice. This has to happen once, one mistake. So um, have that timer on your electric blanket. Just have, turn it off when you sleep. You don't, you know, the heat's in your bed and your bed will retain the warmth while you sleep. Buy, buy an extra blanket. Okay, what have I done? Computers. <laughs> well... Almost all computers have got Wi-Fi now. Laptops have got Wi-Fi embedded into them. There's not a lot you can do, but different computers have different levels of Wi-Fi. Don't use a laptop on your lap. <laughs> huh. I know they're called laptops, and it's a little bit counterintuitive, but... If you, if, you, if you want to have children or you want to not have anything happen to your prostate or other parts down there, don't use your laptop on your lap. Like, don't. Don't. Just don't even think about it. Different computers are kind of okay. Um, I use a MacBook. MacBooks have got very good shielding because their laptop is... Uh, the case is aluminium and fully shielded. And I've measured the signal at the base of the laptop and it's virtually zero, but I still don't. I just, it's just not worth it. If you want to use a laptop, put it down on some flat surface in front of you, sit cross-legged or, or lie down or something, but don't put your laptop on your lap. Just don't even think about it. The thing is with... EMF signals, the harm isn't immediate. You can do it, you can have your laptop on your lap for years and have zero noticeable effect. It's a bit like other types of radiation, or it is a radiation. But 20 years' time, do you want to have cancer? And in that 20 years' time, you won't think back to, oh, I used to have my laptop on my lap. Or I used to carry my cell phone in that pocket. Or I used to sort of use my cell phone predominantly on that side of my head, and this is why I've got a tumor here. It's hard to recall things 20, 25 years ago, because phones in the, in the future are going to be very different from the phones we have now. And so we might not have to hold things to our head. And so all, all our past habits will be forgotten. So just don't do it now. Just don't do it. Bad idea. And you heard that from me, but you'll hear from other experts as well. And you would have heard it, I'm sure, from Nick P. No, if he was with us today. <laughs> okay, so that's the laptop aspect. If you can, turn the Wi-Fi transmission off on your laptop if you don't need it. If you can, possibly, either with your laptop or with your other computer, use wired Ethernet. There's no, no Wired Ethernet, if you can, if you've got a socket on the wall, it sounds dreadfully old-fashioned, but Wi-Fi is nowhere near as fast as wired internet. Nowhere near as fast. So there's that. 
plus the fact that you're not getting the harmful radiation from the Wi-Fi. So it's a double win. The only thing it's not so good for is the convenience. It seems like everything that's convenient now is harmful. Think about the foods we eat, and we've covered this in other summers. The convenience of fast foods, the convenience of buying something that just needs heating up, none of it's good for us. <laughs> and I'm, trying to, I'm struggling to think of one convenient thing that's good for us. Maybe if someone wants to pass that through as in the, in the chat section. I can't think of a single thing that's convenient and good for us. Okay, um, other things we can do for EMS and blocking. Gosh, I'm not, I'm, I hope I'm not covering all the things that Nick P. knows being going to cover next time we have him. We're trying, we're, next week we have um, immersion therapy. That's something I've, I know very little about, but this is going to be super interesting. I've, I've heard a little bit about it. Immersion or submersion therapy, I think I should have, should have checked before, before saying this. It's where you immerse yourself in, in, in the fluid. I think it is. Um, wouldn't that be fantastic talking about that? Okay, now we're back onto EMFs. Um, not all EMFs are harmful. Um, the, the EMFs which aren't harmful are generally the low, low frequency ones and the low voltage signals. Um, but I think I've covered all the, all the harmful ones. If you use appliances in the kitchen, they will be producing a ton of EMFs as well, especially if, they're, if they've got a motor that has got brushes on it. You know if a motor's got brushes because you can see sparks coming, in, coming from the back. Those sparks are like an aerial. They're, they're throwing out a ton of EMFs. Um, generally, it's not a major problem for two reasons. First of all, Generally, they've got some components inside them to reduce the level of EMFs that are being produced from them. They also have to pass standards. They've got to be below a certain level. Now, these standards are above the level that's going to cause us harm. But the thing is, kitchen appliances aren't used that often. They, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I'm really exposing the fact that I don't spend much time in the kitchen. I do spend a bit of time in the kitchen, guys, okay? They give me a hard time. But normally I just use my hands for whipping things up. I don't use a mixer. I think I haven't got a mixer. But I have got some devices that are electric. But they're the ones I sort of start and then I can move away from. I've got a really cool bread maker. I've, I really love it. Um, but I set it up. And then I, I walk away from it. I'm not, I'm not near the device. I'm not getting exposed. Normally the devices like this, you've got to be nearby to get the harmful effects of it. So I don't hang around it. But there's other things which are more harmful which you use every day. Now, okay, again, everyone raise your hands if you use an electric shaver every morning. Now, I am sticking my hand up now because I do. Okay, I, I noticed a few women have hand, stuck their hands up as well, but I, I won't give out any names. Don't worry, you're, you're all anonymous, okay? Okay, now just, just um, a point. Now, when you're using electric shaver, you are having a close um, interaction with a device that is motorized and does produce an EMF. Now, I won't use a mains-powered shaver. I use a battery-powered shaver. It still produces EMFs, and yes, it is a little bit harmful, but it's not a very high-power shaver. And uh, uh, <laughs> if I don't shave every day, I can stall it if I go too fast. If it's a low-power device, generally the amounts of EMF that it produces is reduced, and I do know that in my shaver, it's a low-power shaver. Um, I like electric shavers because blade shavers have got a. I'm, I'm very skilled at cutting myself, and it's not a good look. So um, electric shavers tend to do the job. Okay, so um, yes, I do expose myself to this harmful radiation every morning. It's a very reduced level, and it's probably about two minutes. Electric, electric toothbrushes. Uh, well, I've got. <laughs> Gosh, I'm making myself look pretty bad now, aren't I? But I will bring these things up. I've got an electric toothbrush. Now, electric toothbrushes um, 
I think they're timed at about two minutes of running before they give a signal to say enough's enough time to rinse. They produce quite low levels of EMF, so they're not a major concern. Again, they still produce EMFs. Anything that's electric generally does produce some form of EMF, but their toothbrush is a very low level. Now, the toothbrush plugs into or sits on a wireless charger. Now, the wireless charger, on purpose, produces an EMF, which the toothbrush picks up. Is through a process called inductive coupling. The toothbrush has got a coil and the coil is sensitive to the EMF that the charger is producing and then by indirect coupling it charges the internal battery to the toothbrush. Now I know this and I knew it when I bought it but the bathroom is far away from where I spend my time sleeping. And besides I only brush my teeth once a week in the most <laughs> no i do it, do it more often than that but it's um short periods of time on a low power appliance and i keep the base unit well away from where i spend most of the time which is um sleeping <laughs> other appliances which may cause harm it's anything that's electrically powered in your home generally power uh, battery powered devices are not so strong with their EMF signals as mains powered ones. Mains powered ones tend to be higher. Lighting, as I've mentioned before, it doesn't produce so much EMF unless I guess you've got more modern lighting like LED or fluorescent lighting. Both of those produce themselves. Each lamp produces a bit of noise. In particular fluorescent lighting because fluorescents contain coils and these coils restrict the current passing through the fluorescent light but as the fluorescent light is turned on it suddenly gets a huge spike of energy out there are components in the circuitry to try and reduce it but you know it's only for legislation not for our health if they have if they change the uh the threshold for the noise levels so they so appliances can get certification to the levels so that they're not harmful to us then you'll find that everything becomes illegal. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Okay, so lighting is not normally a, a major problem. You know, it's funny, the most healthy form of lighting is the old-fashioned form of lighting. It's the incandescent lighting, the old-fashioned tungsten filament, the type that good old tung uh, that uh, Edison, um, <laughs> Edison invented long long time ago this this is the one that is the most healthy because it does not produce any significant amounts of electrical noise okay i think i've covered just about everything of the harmful side i'm struggling to think of anything else if i think of anything i'll i'll, I'll throw it in but now we're getting into the beneficial emfs because not all emfs are bad now the beneficial emfs are generally in the category of pulsed EMF. These are EMFs that we uh, generate on purpose. <laughs> now, I've just been explaining for the good part of half an hour, more than half an hour, how EMFs are bad for you. And now I'm going to tell you EMFs are good for you. And you're going to be scratching your heads. <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, the thing is, some EMFs are good if the voltages are low and the frequencies are low they're good because they work in unison with your body your whole body is electric the communication between your cells and your nerves everything the energy it's all electric if your body had no no electricity no signals passing through it you'd just be a, a lump of organic material <laughs> You'd be a politician. <laughs> so um, your whole body is electric. Now, if you can introduce signals into your body that are more natural, then good things happen. They did studies in Russia and other countries where they removed the natural heartbeat of the earth. As I mentioned at the very beginning when I was answering a question from from Jeff with regards to 
um, using a pulse TMF corner, which program would be good just to use without even much knowledge. I told him to use the Schumann resonance. Now, just as we're living, a whole, the whole globe is living. The whole globe is an organism. We're just a small part of it. <laughs> it makes us feel a little, little bit humble. You know, um, the earth has got a heartbeat. Now, we have evolved through millennia um, living within this natural heartbeat. And so it's now, we now actually need this, <clears throat> this natural heartbeat. This says, I need this water now. <laughs> okay, natural heartbeat. Scientists discovered that there's a pulse that passes through the earth. And the frequency is around about 7.83 hertz. When I say around about, it's not because I don't know exactly. It's because it changes. It varies. But the strongest signal of this pulse is 7.83 hertz. Scientists being scientists decided to find out what would happen if people didn't have this pulse passing through them. <laughs> like if astronauts want to go to different planets, right? And they're in the spaceship, and the spaceship hasn't got this natural pulse. So they made a Faraday cage. And you know, as I've mentioned before, a Faraday cage blocks all EMF signals. So they made giant EMF cages, giant rooms, which didn't have this pulse passing through them. And then they put their guinea pigs inside guinea pigs being people. These people, they became very, very ill, very sick. Things which wouldn't normally happen, <laughs> happen, happen to them. They, they weren't very happy campers in the end. They were getting very physically sick and mentally sick as well. They had problems sleeping even. So they came to the conclusion, being scientists, golly, Maybe this natural pulse is healthy. Maybe we actually need it. And so they then put an artificial pulse of the same frequency through the Faraday cage. They introduced it into the cage. <clears throat> Those people didn't get sick. They were happy. They were truly happy. And so they came to realize the importance of this natural pulse. This pulse, by the way, it's really interesting. It's a natural ringing. It's like God is hammering the earth and it's ding at the 7.3 hertz. What it is, it's lightning strikes. The lightning strike creates a sudden EMF signal. And the EMF signal goes around the earth, ring and back again, bang, like this, at 7.83 times per second. It's the speed of it. It's just a cool random fact. <laughs> There's other frequencies that are natural as well. Um, they're higher frequencies, up to around about 40 or 50 hertz. I forget the exact figures because I didn't expect to hold the sound today. <laughs> but there's, there are other natural frequencies. Now, if you have a pulsed EMF device and you set it at 7.83 hertz. You're doing what the earth does naturally. It may be a slightly stronger signal than what the earth is passing through you. And in fact, it almost certainly will be. And what that does, it balances your body. So it's not working against your body. It's not a high energy EMF signal. Pardon me. It's not a high voltage. It's not a high current. It's gentle. And it's natural because what normally passes through your body anyway. Well, your body likes that. And your body can use that energy. And so it charges the mitochondria in your cells and makes your body better able to fight other harmful EMF. And so that's one way I guess you can negate it as well. 
the uh, post EMF mats you can buy, which are fantastic because you can spend a greater part of your life sleeping on one. It's got the convenience factor because you can just leave it on and run all the time. They're not very high power devices. And you wake up and you feel vitalized, revitalized, I should say, better able to face the day. And so those are fantastic. Um, Spooky does make one, but there are others as well. I won't just say that we're the only ones. I won't say that we're the best. Generally, any pulsed EMF mat that will be beneficial to your body. Um, the, the spooky one, we decided to model the Schumann resonance of 7.83 and the frequency that's used. It's really interesting too because of the fact that the Schumann natural pulse of the earth is created by night, night, lightning strikes. It's in a tick. It gives a tick and then crack and then back again. It's not a sine wave like most things are in nature. It's a sudden crack. So it's like a square wave. And um, that's where pulse DMF devices also hold uh, are fantastic. Their natural signals are square. You can change it, of course, but generally they're square. So pulse DMF is a natural and a beneficial form of EMF. There are pulse DMF devices which are high energy. Uh, <coughs> I won't mention any brand names. Um, but there are some out there that actually advertise their strength as a selling point. <laughs> it's like saying our machine has got a 50% more chance of causing cancer than manufacturer B. It's like this, you know, no one's sort of scratching my head thinking, oh, you know, is, is, is it wise? But of course, consumers come to think, well, more energy is better. Well, more is not always better. A really bad analogy is drugs, but well, I'll use it. You can have a small amount of drugs and it may um, do the function that, the, that you want the drug to do. But what happens if you have a handful of it? You're not going to be uh, very healthy, will you? You can't, you can't, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And that certainly holds true with EMF. <clears throat> you don't want to have strong EMFs. In fact, they've done studies where very, very, very weak EMF signals are very beneficial, and certainly in the long term. These strong pulsed EMF units are very, very powerful ones that tend to either be in a handheld paddle, like a lollipop unit, or the extremely high-power ones are open core, open coil, I should say, about that size. It's about um, 12 inches in diameter, maybe a couple of coils inside that. They're open because they will tend to overheat with the enormous amounts of energy that pass through them. <clears throat> now, those ones are not designed for long-term treatment. So in their defense, they're only designed for use for maybe a quarter of an hour, maybe 20 minutes maximum. So you're not subjecting your body to an extended period of this damaging EMF signal. But you certainly want to, wouldn't want to have it overnight or any long period of time. I guess it's really designed for addressing a really um, uh, serious um, acute problem. If it's a chronic condition, a condition you've had for a long period of time, it's best to use very weak signals. Heal your body gently and naturally. You may have had the condition for five years. You don't need to have an overnight cure, but you do want to have a, um, a progression to health. You don't want a shortcut. You want a, a, a good, healthy path to health. Quite often, the shortcuts are the unhealthy ways. <laughs> it's like, like uh, well, another bad analogy. But in my defense, it's getting late on this part of the world. The, um, with um, aspirins. Um, you can have an aspirin, makes you feel better. It blocks the sensation of a headache, for example. Your headache's still there. It's just not being received by your brain. So you don't want to have anything that masks or heals your body too quickly. Basically, you want to look at something that, uh, that helps 
your body heal naturally. Of course, there are things that will need the, you know, the, the, the big guns, mm. especially in conditions which, um, which are terminal. You, at, that, at that point in time, you've got nothing to lose. If you, if you know that you've got a very short period of time to enjoy your life and you want to see your grandchildren and be with your family and friends longer, that's when you want to pull out all the stops and do whatever, you, whatever it takes. Let's do anything. You know, life is precious. Last week we were talking about drinking urine as part of longevity. Why not? Like, really, why not? Okay, but we're really not digressing now. So we've talked about different levels of EMF, how the low energy level EMF is beneficial for your body. There's a thing called entrainment. If your body is basically out of balance because of disease, it's when your immune system goes a little bit haywire, overactive, you have some overactive organs, your thyroid or, or pituitary or other, other organs which aren't following the beat, the same drum as the rest of your body, then PMF, pulsed EMF may be very beneficial, but again, just weak, weak levels. And then you want to use the natural rhythm, which your body is subjected to anyway, which is the Schumann resonance. Okay, now there's been a few comments come through the chat, so I'll just have a quick through, read through them now. Um, okay. Uh, now, um, Ali Rosner, he's a, he's a good friend of ours. He says, once you have a bad signal with the cell phone at home, the home is good, shielded. Um, I think... I think, Ali, you're saying, if, oh, I understand what you're saying now. You're saying that once you, I think what Ali is saying is that when you shield the home in some way, you can tell it's shielded well because your cell phone <laughs> stops working or there's, or there's only one bar come up or something like this. That's right. That's right. You'll pick it up with your cell phone. Of course, um, the cell phone is only sensitive to one part of that one frequency range of EMF, and there's many others that may be passing through your house. But that's certainly a good indication. That's right, Ali. And Ali goes on to mention that he overwrites the signals in the air with the um, Spooky 2 radionics device. Well, that's good. If you find something which works, um, use it. And, and um, also, please notify us because we want to be able to give advice to all the other Spooky users. You're saying the radionics device helps in that regard. That's fantastic. Very good to know. And you go on to say, to check whether to... Oh, yes, and you can also check, using the cell phone signal, um, check whether the 2.4 gigahertz uh, signal is being attenuated or reduced, and also the um, 5 gigahertz as well. Hey, isn't it scary? 5G. 5G, I believe, has been rolled out in some parts of the world. This is another thing which is convenient, right? Really fantastic for um, service providers. They can pump in enormous amounts of data. They can now serve crowds of people all simultaneously. That's convenient, isn't it? That's fantastic. But hang on a moment. Has anyone ever done serious research on the health aspects, the ramifications of these extremely, extremely high frequency signals that are going to be bombarding our body. Enormous amounts of energy. It's, it's a little bit worse than that. Because these signals don't pass through our, through our bodies or other structures so easily, they, they have to put transmission towers everywhere. It's not like these old-fashioned, <laughs> old-fashioned, time goes by, these regular phone tower um, towers, we have one every maybe five miles or so because they have got a range. So if you can't see one of these towers, you know you haven't got a fantastically powerful signal passing through your body. But these 5G towers have to be close because they don't travel so far through objects. So they're closer and also their signal strength is extremely high. So 
apart from the convenience side, I don't really, I don't see any reason why, why we should, why should we really want them? Really, I don't want to have faster signals. I can, I can tolerate snow, slow, slow signals for the sake of health. I don't want to be getting cancer in twenty years' time. I don't want to be part of a biological experiment because it hasn't been proven what the dangers are of 5G. 5G is basically X-ray. It's so close. Certainly close to the dangers of X-ray. Well, we all know how dangerous X-rays are. Well, without our permission, like it or not, we're all going to get zapped. Which is where earthing of a home would be a really good idea right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I did mention the earth peg into the ground as the grounding point. I said that on purpose. If you use the for the earthing a power socket earth, you'd be doing yourself a disservice because the earth and the earthing signal that goes to your power point shares the same earthing signal as all the appliances that are also plugged into that socket. So the electrical signal from every appliance is also going into your household earth. And so if you shield your whole home using that earth, it's actually worse than not having anything at all because you're forcing that noise to go all around you. Actually, one thing I haven't mentioned is earthing sheets for beds. Earthing sheets are fantastic, but you've got to have it going, the earthing point must be going to an earthing peg. It must not, must not go to the earth of a socket outlet. And if you live in an apartment, if in an apartment and it's on several floors up, the problem gets even worse if you use a, a socket earth for the earth because you're sharing that earth with many other people and the, the length of wire from that main earth in your switchboard to the main transformer, <clears throat> gosh, <laughs> is long and it's got so far to travel. And that long length of wire becomes an aerial and that picks up 5G and Wi-Fi and everything. And so you'll get very sick, which is what happened to me when I visited a country one time and, and the person, we, we stayed with someone and they had an earthing sheet and it was plugged into a socket outlet because they're up high in an apartment. I got so sick, incredibly sick, from that. It was terrible. And um, okay, I got sick, but also another funny thing happened. I couldn't go anywhere and touch anything without getting an electric shock. This was, this was during the daytime, away from the earthing sheet. <laughs> My body just got so charged. I became like a like a um, Van de Graaff generator. Everything I touched, any body I touched, I gave a zap as well as giving myself a zap. I was not a popular person. <laughs> Everyone hated me. I should rephrase that. Everyone hated me more than they usually do. It was it was a hard time. So definitely don't use a socket outlet for your earthing. Okay, but apart from that, if you can use an earthing peg. Um, then yeah hey there's another thing you can do I just thought about it if you can go barefoot in the ground during the daytime and you're walking on earth you're walking on mother you're walking on dirt or sand something which is natural not concrete your body charge will become the same charge as the earth and you'll become better for it you become more healthy there are people that stare at the sun during sunrise or sunset I think both of them and some people do it during the time the daytime as well they recharge their body they get the light through the eyes and it, and it gives them the energy and it makes their body healthier it gives them better eyesight but it's very very important to do it with bare feet and standing on dirt dirt's good for you as a kid who hasn't eaten it you know everyone knows what dirt tastes like dirt's really good for you it's very necessary. It has all the essential nutrients you live for. You need for a healthy life. <laughs> I don't need dirt too often now, unless I come up on a bicycle, I suppose. But um, try and keep yourself grounded, and then you don't get so 
strike, you don't get so many bad effects from the EMF. Okay, so what have I covered? I've covered just about everything now. Um, oh, one last thing, actually. The clothing you wear. Try not to buy synthetic fabrics for your clothing because while you walk, the friction of your skin against the clothing is going to form a generator. It's going to be what's known, become like a static generator. Static means stationary, the electricity is not flowing, but the charge builds up. It's a charge that makes your hair stand on the end if you're lucky enough to have hair on your head. Um, I've just been told by my friends that it does. If you walk over carpet wearing socks, especially nylon socks or synthetic socks, or slippers with synthetic soles, it can charge you up and you can get a discharge, you can get an electric shock if you touch a doorknob after, at the end of walking, you know, at the end of the room. That's a static electricity, and that's that's also not that fantastic for you. It's not so good for people that you touch afterwards as well. But during the course of a day, you can get tremendous charges up. So try and go for natural natural fabrics. Cottons and wools are much better than any of the nylons or other synthetic materials. Um, and it's getting harder and harder to buy natural natural fabrics. But try, just do your best, especially for your undergarments, because it's touching your skin and um, you don't want to be having any sort of charge there. There's also the argument where your skin is a very uh, porous, natural organ. It's like a sponge and it absorbs things. This is why it's not good to have showers even in chlorine water. Your body absorbs the chemicals and your body will absorb the chemicals inside the synthetic fabrics. So try and buy natural. The dyes won't be natural, almost certainly won't be natural. So give your clothing a wash before you wear it for the first time. <laughs> and try and wash your clothing at least once every every six months or so. <laughs> uh, well, I think I've covered everything. Are there any other questions that come up? No, no, no questions from Facebook. I think well, I've, I've actually rambled on for an hour with zero preparation. But it's not too bad, guys. Give me a break. I didn't have any material ready to show you, and it was all off the cuff. But they're the things which I think are important for trying to negate the harmful effects of dangerous EMF. I do recommend the use of. Um, healthy pulsed EMF devices. They can be spooky devices, they can be any devices. Most of them are pretty good. If you do buy a powerful unit, then don't use it that often. Use it on an as needed basis. The units which we've reviewed um, tend to be the ones that look after your joint pains. They're very, very powerful ones. And um, so they're really used occasionally, not used daily, in which case they're pretty good. But don't fall into the trap of more is better. More can be actually much worse. <laughs> All you need is enough um, power to do the job, nothing more. Uh, so if there's no more questions, then we'll pour the plug. Um, actually, it's good that I um, did local recording I didn't didn't think about that but uh, it's all been recorded <laughs> actually it's probably a bad thing isn't it it means it's going to be an, a, a, uh, an official summer well it's been fantastic having you with us it's good to see a few new faces with me online uh, we've got um, Teresa, Jizura and uh, Nick Greenwood there's a few people that um, are new and Ali of course uh, you haven't seen you for a long time. It's good to see you back again. I hope you are keeping well. Well, we're hoping next week we're going to have the immersion person. Actually, what's our, I, um, I'll just see if I can find his details. So it's Sam 110. So I'll have a quick look and see if I can uh, give you this information. Flotation therapy. It's Sean McCormick on flotation therapy.
So um, I believe that um, I was promised the information, but it hasn't come yet. Nick, you're, you're slipping a little bit, brother. <laughs> but um, he's going to teach us about flotation therapy. I've got to do a bit of homework first, so I don't look like a complete um, clueless <laughs> for when the, when the summer comes. So that's next week. I'm not sure about the uh, time when it'll be. It'll probably be in the evening America time. This was morning because we're, we're trying to um, suit Nick Pino, but we didn't know that he was going to be unavailable. But never mind. We get to see the new faces. Hey, it's really good to have you with us, as I say. Um, sorry we didn't have the regular expert with us. I hope I have told you, uh, given some information that's been beneficial for you guys. Um, I've, I've enjoyed the time. Um, my throat hasn't enjoyed it. <laughs> I think if I go for another five minutes, I'll lose my voice. I'm not much of a talker. <clears throat> but it's been wonderful having you with us. Um, if you're... If, you, if, you're, if you're not feeling very well and you think that your body does need a bit more energy, look into Pulse TMF devices. It doesn't have to be spooky. Just look at what's out there and what best suits you. Most of them are expensive. You don't need to buy the expensive units. Expensive doesn't necessarily mean better. Quite often it means that the manufacturer just wants more money. <laughs> But that's business, right? That's that's the modern world that we live in. But just, just maybe dip your toes into it and buy a really cheap Pulse TMF device and see how it goes. If it's good for you, then maybe you can look at an expensive one later. But they're not all expensive. And um, just keep on passing love forwards. Look after yourselves. Keep well. If you are unwell, learn what you need to become well again. Remember that you're not alone. Whatever condition you have, there are literally thousands, millions of people that have also that are also sharing the same conditions and they're feeling just like you. Join communities, learn. When you know what you if you know more about a subject and you find yourself becoming an expert, drop us a line. And we'll have a talk on summer. We want to spread the news. We don't want to have needless suffering. Keep on spreading that love forwards, everybody. I'll catch you next week. Flotation therapy. Don't forget. <laughs> Till next week, everyone. Bye-bye.